Amen. Well, I'm going to read to you from 2 John. I'm going to read a whole book to you, and it'll take 13 verses to do that. So we're going to read from 2 John right now, the letter that he wrote to the church. And uh, let's have a listen from the NIV version. It should be on your screen. The elder to the lady chosen by, by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing to you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the, t- in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister who is chosen by God send their greetings. Well, today we are concluding our series, The Missional Living, as we've been focusing this month on our mission as a church, which is God's mission, our mission. So with this in mind, uh, this morning we're going to look at the great commandment or great commandments as we look at this second letter of John that we just read. Now, it's a short letter, only 13 verses, but there are three important truths that we can learn about the great commandment in it. And all these truths are centered around love in action, in action. Now, before some of you switch off and say, yeah, yeah, Matt, I I know the importance of love as a Christian. I've heard it all before. We've had it preached many times from the pulpit here. Let me ask you a question as I ask myself. Are you genuinely loving God with all of your heart? With all of your heart? Next question. Are you consistently loving other people sacrificially, even when it hurts or costs you? Next question. Would people in your family, in your church, in your neighborhood, at your work, speak of your love and grace toward them, or would they say something else about you? What would they say about you? Well, if there's any room for growth in any of these areas then this message is for you. (laughs) In other words, this message is for all of us, for all of us. You see, these three truths we're going to look at from the great commandments today speak to us all. And my prayer is that these truths would move deeply from our heads to our hearts. Because many of us here probably have a lot of God knowledge, Jesus knowledge, Bible knowledge. We know the Bible says, to love God and love our neighbor. And we can know a lot, can't we? But what really matters is what we do about that. And I think all of us need to hear 
that call from head to heart and for it to live it, live it out in our lives. So we're going to talk about that today. So let's get straight into it because the first truth we can learn about the great commandment today is love is the great commandment. Love is the great commandment. You see, love is the heart of the Christian faith. Jesus made this very clear when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And his response in Matthew chapter 22 was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's a lot of love. (laughs) And this is the first and greatest commandment. Then Jesus went on to say, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is ultimately everyone. And here's the kicker. Jesus then summed up these two commandments when he said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So the whole Bible, the Old Testament, hang on these two commandments. So they're important. So he was saying, in effect, if you want a summary of the Christian life, it's loving God and loving others, loving God and loving others. But do you and I really do this? Do we really do this? Does our love for God and others stand out to other people or do other actions in our lives stand out to other people? Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Not if you fight or have disharmony or dissensions. How will the world know we're Jesus' disciples? When we love one another, when we love one another. So friends, when we come to Christ and God puts his love in our hearts and he does when we come to Christ, we are and we become his dearly loved children, his dearly loved children. And his children, as his children, God calls on us to love him and others wholeheartedly. We're supposed to reflect the father and the son, just like the sun, the moon reflects the sun. And when it comes to loving others, we must especially love each other. That's why in our text today, John says this, I'm not writing you a new command, but one that we've had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. Now, you see from the very beginning of the Christian way, from the very beginning of Christianity itself, believers were united through the bond of love, through the bond of love. And as believers today, we've been called to love one another like Jesus loved us. And how did Jesus love us? He laid down his life for us. So our standard, listen to this, our standard for loving each other is no longer how you love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself, although we certainly should do that, right? Our standard for loving each other is how Jesus loves you. And his standard is he laid down his life for his friends. In fact, he laid his life down for the world who rejected him. That's our standard of love. No worries, right? (laughs) So Christ's commandment to love should daily challenge us to self-reflect. How can I love God better? How can I love others better? People that I know. How How can we love each other better? Now, of course... If we live like this, it's in complete contradiction to how the world lives, right? And it's easy for us to get caught up in loving the world the way the the world loves. Uh, In fact, the world loves like this. This is how the world loves. The world says, love those who love you and hate those who hate you. That's how it says it, doesn't it? 
I will be inclusive if you agree with me. <laughs> but if you don't agree, well, sorry, you're outside the circle of inclusivity. <laughs> now, this couldn't be clearer in the case of Israel Folau. As Miranda Devine from the Daily Telegraph put it recently, have a listen to her words. And as far as I understand, she's not a Christian. The tolerance zealots, so those who talk about inclusivity, won't be satisfied until they destroy Israel Folau, his wife, his parents, their church, and everyone else who is associated with him. That's how the world behaves, right? We're inclusive unless you disagree. <laughs> and then, whoa, watch out. But have a listen to how Falau responded to his zealous critics on Instagram. Have a listen to this. To those who have criticized me, <laughs> I bear no ill will towards you. You have every right to express your own beliefs and opinions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you know what? Those words, this is the type of love Jesus calls us to. This is the type of love Jesus calls us to. To love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, it's not easy to love like this, is it? No. <laughs> but it's a love that God can give us and help us to live out. It's a supernatural thing. I mean, you and I don't naturally feel like loving, I mean, hopefully we don't have enemies, but loosely defined, people we don't get along with, enemies. We don't naturally feel like going, gee, I'd love to go and visit them and give them a hug. <laughs> probably feel like going and giving them something else. <laughs> but God is in the business of transforming our hearts so that we might love like Jesus. That's what we're called to do. <laughs> so you want to make a difference in this world? Make love a, a priority in your life. Trust in Christ and receive his love, number one. And then once you've done that, and hopefully that's all of us here, learn to love as Christ loved you. Follow the great commandment of love. In other words, obey God's command to love. <laughs> obey God's command to love. Now, this is the second truth we learn about when we talk about John's letter and his letter of love here. And that is, Love is obeying God's commands. Love is obeying God's commands. 2 John verse 6 tells us this really plainly. Have a listen. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. Now, it's so easy to talk about love. I'll give a great Sunday school answer for you today if you like it. It's so easy to sing about love. It's so easy to write about love. Do you know that song? It's the easiest thing to do. How's it go? Love, love, love. It's the easiest thing to do. Well, is it the easiest thing to do? Not at all. <laughs> Real love is obedience. It's one thing to know God's great commandment. It's another thing to do it. It's an entirely different thing to do it. And John says, obedience is primarily about how you treat others. Listen to all his words in verse 6. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. And such loving obedience is a steady walk we grow in. I mean, put your hand up if you hear love perfectly. Sorry, I'll put my, I won't put my hand up. I don't. <laughs> None of us do, right? It's a journey. We grow in our love. And it takes time and work. Now, a lot of Christians get this wrong. 
They think that holiness and obedience is all about following certain do's and don'ts. But real obedience goes deeper than that into the selfless love of others. Selfless love. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And what is his fundamental command? What, or, or one of his fundamental commands? He says in John 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So Jesus says, our love and our obedience must go hand in hand. If you want to grow and be effective as a Christian, then you need to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the greatest evidence of your love for God is when you obey His command of loving others as He loves you. How do you show that you love God? By loving others as He has loved you, especially with people that aren't easy to love. <laughs> now, how did Jesus love us? Well, we said this. The Bible says Jesus loved us sacrificially and unconditionally. Unconditional love. He loved you just the way you are. And when I think about who I am, and I think when we think about who we are individually, we recognize, gee, God gave me a lot of grace. Gee, God is good. Gee, I don't deserve it. Gee, I stuff up all the time. But he still loves me. That's unconditional love, isn't it? He loved us by giving his life for us. He loved us by forgiving all of our sins. So the question is, why am I laboring on this? Well, if you want to make an impact in this world, you, then you need to love others more than just with your words. You need to love more than just with your words. You need to love others with your deeds, with your actions. And doesn't it start with us? God's people? The problem is when we point the finger, it's pointing right back at us, isn't it? So it starts with me, it starts with you, it starts with us. And you can do this when you love others from your heart as Christ loved you. When you love others sacrificially and unconditionally. I often think about this as a dad. I often correlate my relationship with God as a father, which I suppose is natural. And I think how no matter what my kids do, Obviously, they're just young. But no matter what they do, I still love them. And you know, little kids can be pretty naughty. Big kids can even be naughty. <laughs> but little kids can be pretty naughty. And sometimes they drive you around the bend, let's be honest. <laughs> Especially when you have three of them. <laughs> but I will always love him. I will always love my kids. It will always be unconditional. And that's how God loves us. And that's how he calls us to love others. God never asks us to love more than how much he loved us. Never. Can we out-love God? <laughs> Not a chance. But God wants to help us. Remember, Ezekiel talked about this, and so does John. God gives us a new heart, and he puts a new spirit in us. So we're no longer just flesh and bones. We are supernatural people in a very real sense. So God gives us the superpower <laughs> to love supernaturally. Have we got it? Do we, do, we get, do we get what we're talking about here? I think so. Well, 
that in mind, then the third thing we learn about love from John's letter is love is practiced in community. Love is practiced in community. Now we see this throughout the scriptures and not surprisingly, we see it again in 2 John. When John says to the believers, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. Now, John is emphasizing here the importance of community and relationship in our Christian life. He's saying it's so much more than pen and paper. It's much better face to face. Now, over the years, I've observed, uh, Shereen obviously lives in Denmark, and she's, uh, Matthew and Sylvia have seen her a fair bit recently, which is great. And I know that they talk to her on Skype or FaceTime, and it's great with modern technology to be able to do that. But when she's here, I see them light up. And of course, that's natural because they love their daughter, right? That's good. <laughs> they see her face to face. There's nothing like that, is there? Face to face. Well, that's what we do here every Sunday and hopefully during the week as well. You see, we were created by God for relationship and as believers, if we want to grow in Christ-likeness, we do it in the context of community. We do it face to face. That's why we have church. That's why we do church. That's why we come together every week to worship with our brothers and sisters. That's why we get together in small groups every week because the Scriptures tell us we really grow in our faith when we meet face to face. So some Christians think they don't need church. They just want to stay home and watch some preachers on TV or on their iPad. And I'll tell you, you're going to find better preachers than me and better preachers than Pastor Matthew on the internet. But that's not why we go to church as much as preaching is very important. God didn't create us to be like robots in a cyber world. He created us with flesh and blood with a heart to love. And love is the relational glue that holds a biblical community together. Loving God and loving each other. That's because love is the heart of the Christian life, our highest command. As John said in a previous letter, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, did you hear that? Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You can have all the theological head knowledge in the world, but if you don't love, you're a clanging cymbal, a resounding gong. Do you want to be a gong? Try to stay away from being a gong. He also said, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Huh. Wow. So it is important that we love one another. And the foundation of our love is what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our foundation. The gospel message that says, for God so loved the world. And this word world here is the sinful world in rebellion against Him. It's the world that's hating on Israel for now. This is the world it's talking about. And that world He gave His one and only Son to, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's incredible love. That's the world that Jesus said to on the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That's the world. So if you want to summarize the gospel in one word, it's love. And not gooey, fuzzy love, like, I love you, my cheeky monkey. No. That's how I speak to my kids. Sorry, you all got to share in that. You'd be blessed. Um, we're talking about a choice to love. 
Jesus didn't feel fuzzy on the cross. He felt pain, mate. And it was a choice to stay right there for you and for me. That's the type of love he calls us to. That's the love he enables us to do on our walk. When we fail, we get up again. And when we love like this, man, the world stands up and notices, don't they? See, God first loved us, then he gave us a great commandment to love him, to love others, and to love one another as he loved us, sacrificially, unconditionally, unselfishly. And that's the mission of our church. Why? Because it's God's mission. (laughs) We want to be a loving, caring community. And it's by our love that people in our community come to know that we are truly followers of Jesus Christ. That is missional living. I hope it could be true instead of our church that when people come in, you know, sometimes you meet people and you talk to them about the Lord and they say, oh, I can't go to church. The ceiling would fall in on me. Have you met people? I've had plenty of people say that to me. I used to be one of those people. (laughs) I hope that when people come to our church, they say, man, the sky is raising up to the sky because there's plenty of room in this place because it's full of love. It's a place I want to be. Man, I didn't know church was like this. Can you believe that? I went to church the other day. It was crazy. They weren't judgmental and they didn't say, amen, praise the Lord, oh, weird stuff. They, they had a cup of tea and some biscuits. We had a good time and we, we really, God spoke to me. And how is that going to happen? It's not actually primarily going to happen through the pastors. I'll tell you who's going to happen through. It's you. <laughs> because we, isn't the pastor obligated to talk to me? <laughs> no, we do it because we love you. <laughs> Don't misunderstand that. But, but you know why people stay at church? Because they form relationships with others too. Because they're loved. Isn't that why you're here? I hope so. Because you feel cared for. And we can be part of that solution. So let's ask God to help us with that, to be missional people, because God so loved us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And if we're really honest, we know that we are good at stuff like this in our head, But when it comes to practicing it, so often we fall short. Lord, we we want to be people that really love. And Lord, it's hard. It's maybe the hardest thing to do. The call to love our enemies. Lord, we need your supernatural grace to love those we don't like. We need supernatural love to, to love even those we do like. We ask for your help in this. Lord, show us specifically the people you want us to love better. And enable us to do it by your spirit. Empower us to do so. Thank you that you have taken away our heart of stone and give us our heart of flesh and put your new spirit in us so we can do this. Lord, help us, we pray. And most of all, we want to thank you for your unfailing love. Your unfailing love that changes our hearts, fills it with love so that in turn we can share this love with others. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.